Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Right after a few weeks of very specific talking about listening skills and conversations and things like that, we are now back to normal. So without any further ado, we're going to thank the sponsors and get on with the show. The sponsors, of course, are italki. Italki helped me keep the podcast viable and running, and they are a place where you can find language teachers. Whatever language you're learning, whatever dialect or nationality you're looking for, you can filter through and search thousands of different teachers on italki. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, you can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. All right, then let's hear from Tom. Hey, Ollie. Tom Sears here from Indianapolis, Indiana, USA. Um, most of my life I've been a Spanish language learner, and I've come to a pretty comfortable point in that. Um, but when I was in university, I began taking some classes in Mandarin. And um, after university, I spent some time living in China and continuing that process of learning Mandarin. But when I was in college, it really came across a phenomenon um, that I don't really know quite how to explain on how learning Mandarin, even though it has nothing to do with Spanish, um, how, how that, just the fact of me learning a second language before helped me immensely go through the learning process with Mandarin. So um, in, in a different course, in a linguistics course, I, I did a project on this and tried to write a paper and do some interviews on some people that have um, learned several languages in the past and ask them the question, um, how has learning a second language helped you um, with the acquisition of a third or fourth or whatever um, language? And it was so difficult for me to get past the concept that um, the the target language they were learning was similar to a previous language they have learned, and that's why it was easy. So my question for you is, and especially as in, in your past, I know you have learned languages that are similar to each other, but you've also learned languages that are very different from each other, um, just like my experience with, with Chinese and, and Mandarin. So how has learning a language helped you with the acquisition of a third or fourth you know, language, etc.? And if you could try to strip away all similarities of that languages from previous ones, how has learning a language helped you learn um, language, whether that's cognitively or neurologically or however you want to answer that question? We'd just love to hear your thoughts on that. Thank you. And uh, thanks a lot. Bye. Hey, Tom, thank you very much for a great question. I really like this question because you've kind of, you, you, you've not just asked one question, but you kind of, you've, you've drilled down into what is a very interesting and an and intelligent point, which is the fact of, um, separating the, the the challenge of language learning by itself from the actual language that you happen to be learning. And um, you've identified what is a very common phenomenon, which is that lots of people will, uh, particularly in the West, will learn lots of Romance languages, or they'll start with one Romance language and they'll move on to the next. And what you're kind of getting at is, okay, obviously... 
you, you learning a, a second and a third romance language is easy. But to what extent are you improving as a language learner? Because actually, you've already done half the work. If, you know, if you know Italian and then you learn Spanish, you've already done half the work because the grammar is very similar, the vocabulary is very similar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So how can you judge whether or not you're actually becoming a better language, objectively better language learner, independent of the language that you're actually learning? So in my case, you know, my first language was French. And let's let's say that French was was hard um, to learn. I, I don't remember it being massively hard. It was just a process. I kind of kept going and then, you know, I eventually learned to speak pretty well. My my I was helped by my environment. You know, I was living in France for a few months, which was which helped. So anyway, I got a confidence boost from that and I went on to learn Italian and then Spanish and then Portuguese. All the you know, the standard romance languages. And they were progressively easier. But the question is, were they easier because I became a better language learner or were they easier because I simply learned a bunch of romance languages before and so I had this pre-existing knowledge? Difficult to say, probably a bit of both. But what gets really interesting is when you then go on to learn totally different languages. Now, Tom, you've, you've learned Spanish and Chinese, which are completely different. In my case, my first non-romance language was Japanese and then it went on to Cantonese. And Cantonese is pretty much unrelated to Japanese. Um, there are some grammatical links, uh, so, sorry, some vocabulary uh, links, but the grammar is totally different. And then I've I've learned some Arabic and some Thai as well, which are all 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 very different as well. So your question is, well, how to what extent have you become a better language learner? And I think there's lots of ways to answer this, but I think the the the, the main way, the main angle I want to take to answering this is what you touched on, which was cognitively. Now I don't know whether I'm not going to say neurologically, because I think we don't know enough about that to say. Um, but cognitively and behaviorally, I think behavior is beha- behavior, the behavioral aspect of it is extremely important. This is where, um, the real gains come. And I don't think I would have got to where I've, to where I am if I hadn't have learned very different languages, because I really struggled with Japanese. For years, I struggled. And I had to totally change my, my approach to learning with Japanese. Um, and, it, and it was because I couldn't rely on pre-existing knowledge. You know, when I learned Portuguese, I could rely on my Spanish. When I learned Italian, I could rely on my French. I couldn't do that with Japanese. So I had to really start from, from scratch. And the experience of all of going through this with lots of different languages then means that now when I'm, and this is the main benefit, I think, when I'm approaching a, a new language now, I don't get phased. I don't get worried. I don't panic. I don't, uh, everything is, is familiar territory. So I'm not talking about the words and the grammar and things like that, that, cause that's all, that's all new. But when you've, when you've experienced what it's like to encounter a difficult word or a difficult grammatical concept, once you've experienced what's that, what that's like, and you've also experienced how that simply becomes clear after a while, and you simply know it after a while without any particular work or effort or study. Or study would be a better, better word to use here. How that 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 difficult word or the difficult grammar point, over time, suddenly becomes known to you, for no other reason that than that time has passed, and you've just carried on. Once you've been through this a whole bunch of times it relieves so much pressure from you. In my recent talk with, with, um, 
with Stephen Krashen, which is uh, a few episodes back on the podcast, and lots of you guys really enjoyed that. He said very forcefully that there is no role for active active study in language learning. Now, I don't buy that 100%. I think there is a role for active study. But I think the, the broader point that he's getting at is that, sure, you can actively study, but that but actively studying doesn't result in you learning. What results in you learning is simply being exposed to the language and paying very close attention to it over time. By doing that and by carrying on and by not giving up, what happens is that your your brain will absorb the language in its own way. And as such, as you learn new vocabulary and grammar, it's not because you've actively studied it. It's because you've given yourself the right amount of exposure to the language. You've paid attention. You've been noticing patterns as much as you can. That is what ultimately ends up being acquisition of language. It's not the fact that you sat down and tried to memorize a bunch of words or um, or learn these grammar rules. Now, I happen to believe that by actively memorizing stuff and learning grammar rules, you can speed up the process because you can, you know, you can, things don't, these concepts don't exist in bubbles. You know, there is always overlapping. So I, I think that there is a role for both of them. But here, the broader point is that most people don't struggle with the language itself. They struggle with the process of learning. People get demotivated. They get frustrated. They get bored. They start to, they have self-doubt. They get nervous when they speak to people. These, they, they can't find the time to study. They don't study regularly enough. They don't stick at one thing for long enough to give it the opportunity to work. These are the struggles. These are the things that sabotage most people's language learning process. There, I've said this many times before. There's no such thing as a language problem that can't be solved. However difficult a particular grammar point is, in time, you will become familiar with it and you will know it inside out, naturally. That's going to happen. There's no particular thing in any language which is going to cause you massive problems. All you've got to do is, is is give it enough time and not get frustrated. Open your mind to it. Open your brain to it. Let your, let you just spend time with it. But the thing is, before you've experienced that, it's very difficult to, it's hard to believe, you know? Because you, at school, we are used to learning things intellectually. Your teacher gives you a math, gives you a math problem or gives you a science problem to solve and you work through it step by step and then you get the answer. That's the way we're taught to learn. We think that, that knowledge of things is just, can be logically deduced. But language doesn't work like that. So we've got to, in many ways, untrain our brains. So with each new language, cognitively, we become smarter more resilient, more mature language learners. Behaviorally, we also up our game. We know that if you don't study every day, or at least most days, you're not going to make progress. We know that if you take weeks off at a time, you're setting yourself back. We know that uh, we can make use of our commuting time to, to study. We know that we can uh, watch TV or movies in the target language to get a bit more exposure, for example. All of these things behaviorally, we train ourselves to do. So we get better behaviorally as well. We know that if we start a new language project, we have to set 
we have to dedicate ourselves to it and spend a certain amount of time. And we're happy to do that. And importantly, we don't let all these cognitive problems we talked about, we don't let that get in the way. So if we feel frustrated or whatever, it doesn't matter. We still come back every day and we keep learning and we keep studying and working at it because we know that without that, you have nothing. <laughs> without doing that, there's no way you can succeed. So behaviorally, as well as cognitively, we improve. Now, the last thing I think is methodologically, which is a fancy way of saying the way you study. What do you do? What activities do you do? I have used so many different <laughs> approaches to studying, to some different books, different activities, that um, I now know what works for me. And I've got confidence in that. Which means that if I went to learn a new language, I probably wouldn't start doing things in a totally different way. I've got confidence through experience of what works personally for me. And so I guess to put it in a slightly simpler way, I know how I learn languages best. And so I do those things. You know, some people do lots of translation. Other people go and take classes. What I personally like to do more and more, the, the direction that I'm traveling in is after going through a, uh, a beginner's textbook to get a really good grounding in the basics of the language, then I just spend tons of time trying to read and listen to interesting content. And that's why I've created my books of short stories and why I created uh, conversations. Because I just believe that that is the, the, the smartest way to go about learning. You can't learn a language unless you spend lots of time listening to it and reading it. You, you just can't do it. Um, most people look for shortcuts and hacks and stuff. Well, anyway, well, I don't need to go down this road. But the point is that I know what works for me and I therefore have the confidence to do that. And that makes me a better language learner because I'm not messing around doing what so many people do of just flitting from from one resource to the next buying one book after the other trying to find the kind of perfect method whereas actually the perfect method is inside of you and you just got to have confidence that that works for you and I've got that confidence now because I've just had to experiment so much in the past so we talked about three different ways in which I think um, learning multiple languages makes you a better language learner. Cognitively, in terms of how you think about the task and your personal reactions to it. Uh, behaviorally, so what you, how you organize your time and the actions that you take to learn, to get yourself studying. And then methodologically, so what actual language activities do you do? In each of these three aspects, you become more mature, have more confidence in your own way of doing things. So I hope that's helpful, Tom. Um, that's my take on the, on the question. I think it's a great question. So thanks for leaving it. If you would like to ask me a question, please do go to IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash ask. And uh, you can do it on your phone, on your computer, on your iPad. Uh, there's a little button that you can press to leave me a question and, uh, and I will answer it in due course. Now, at the end of every episode, I'd like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And I think I want to refer you to an earlier episode of the podcast, episode 106, um, where we answer the question, how useful is laddering? Now, laddering is the opposite of what Tom was asking about, because Tom was asking, was asking about, look, I, I, I don't care about whether one language helps you to learn the other. What I care about is how you become a better learner. Right. But actually using one language to learn another is also a really great way of exploiting multiple languages. And so in episode 106, we asked the question, how useful is, uh, is laddering? And laddering is this term that you use one language to step up a rung on the ladder uh, to learn another. 
So to check out that episode and get this um, alternative uh, viewpoint of the alternative take on this topic, then go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash episode 106. All right, then. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.